Hey everybody, welcome to Cultivation with Kevy. I'm your host, Kevy the Dreamer, and I am so excited to be joined by Queen Sheena Williams RN. Hi Sheena, how you doing? Hi Kevin, I'm so excited. Um, I just feel honored that you wanna have this conversation with me, so thank you for having me. Absolutely, guys, this is a dream guest of mine. Ever since I decided to do a podcast, I said I have to have her on here and look at God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start off with just a few icebreaker questions just to let people to get to know you. Just okay. little silly random things, nothing major. My first question is, when you die, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> um, probably for carrying an energy of love. Like, just like people always remember, like, oh, remember when she used to do this or remember when she used to do that in like a loving way and just having like my energy be something that was remembered for making them feel like at peace and loved. Yes. And definitely already started with that because you, I can already see that you have great energy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Number two is what is your favorite item that you've bought this year? Um, my Louis Vuitton bag. And the reason is, is because I'm not really a label person. I don't uh -huh. like myself expensive things. It makes me very uh -huh. anxious. I like to keep it on the low, low. I'm very budget friendly. So yes. buying my first luxury bag just made me feel like, okay, like you work hard enough. You'd be pulling 60 hours a week. Got all these businesses like, girl, treat yourself. Listen, <laughs> I know that's right. Love to hear it. Okay. Number three is what would be the most surprising scientific discovery imaginable? Mm, I was about to say something smart. <laughs> um, probably something along the lines of like, got something related to God, probably like something related to like how this world really got started instead of us having mm -hmm. all these different theories and none of them exactly make sense. Probably mm -hmm. about God, but I was about to say that Jesus is black because they keep playing with my man. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> well, we already know that, so that's not a scientific discovery. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. If I had to answer that question, I was thinking about it when I asked you. I thought something related to nursing, but if we, we don't want to say it because we want to get rich off of it, right? <laughs> and like half the things that we we already mostly like know a lot of the stuff, so it's just right. like put the pieces together. Love it. And my bonus question is, if you weren't a nurse, what would you be doing for a living? Mm. I'm going to be honest and probably say in my younger years, I probably would have been stripping. <laughs> <laughs> in my younger years, I probably would have been like, let's go. Like, let's enjoy this life. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'm joking. Um, but um, probably a like professional traveler. Like I really, really, really love traveling. Yes. So I can see myself like being like someone who like travels different places. Like I met this lady that um, worked on a resort as like their like liaison or something, but that was like her job. You know what I mean? So oh, wow. like travel to different resorts to like help them support their business. So something along the lines of travel. I love that. I love to travel too. That's a great answer. Okay, so the reason why we're here, the name of this episode is The Life of the Nurse. Oh. And really my vision for this is I always wanted to, first of all, I wanted to connect to you because I just love your energy. But second of all, I really just wanted to 
kind of shine a light because a lot of people really don't know what all goes into being, you know, a bedside nurse. Um, I think that maybe since the pandemic has started, I think they have an idea of how, you know, mentally draining it is for us. But you know that you have to be there and be in those shoes to know what it's like. So my first question for you is what made you want to become a nurse? Um, what made me want to become a nurse is that I am the youngest of five siblings and okay. my older siblings are much older than me. So my sisters were having babies when I was like five or six and okay. my sister had just got married. She was pregnant and I just remember laying next to her and this baby was like kicking the crap out of me through her <laughs> And I just was so confused because I was like, how in the world, if we cut off our arm right now, we can't create a new arm, but somehow your body can make a whole nother human. That doesn't make any mm -hmm. sense to me. So it's, it got me like mm -hmm. intrigued into science and like health and like all of this. So that's what initially I feel like, like pointed me in that direction. And then later, I think I wanted to be become a midwife. I got so, in, well, first I was in school to be a doctor. I was pre-med. Okay. Yeah. And then I wanted to be an obstetrician. And then I saw okay. that the nurses did a whole lot more with actual delivery yes. than the doctors did. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll be a midwife. So I think that initially it was like childbirth and the process of like making a child. To me, it's just so fascinating. Yes. Okay. Have you ever worked in OB nursing? I absolutely have not. <laughs> <'Cause> okay. <laughs> you know what's funny is that like after I saw a few babies being born and I saw like the process and mm -hmm. how tough it was, I know that OB is my calling. And I hate that I don't want to be in my calling. Like I, I, I know that it's my calling, but I can't handle uh -huh. fetal demise. I can't handle that. I cannot handle like a baby dying. Right. I can't handle like all of that. And I just feel like it's a very, uh, God bless them because it's a very yes. tough. When you look at it on TV, you're like, oh, you're the nurse that delivers babies. That's so cool. But people don't see right. the other half of it of like babies dying, moms dying. Like things mm -hmm. really get deep in that field. And I don't think I can handle that. My old, you know, my patients that pass are usually patients that we knew were going to pass. You know what right. I mean? It's totally different right. than a, a healthy mom just like bleeding too much. I can't handle that. Yeah, that I'm right there with you. I, I think nurses probably all get that question. Have you ever worked with children or do you want to work with children? And that's just, that's too much. Way too much. To Very heavy. For people that can't yes. handle that, like more power to yes. you because obviously you're needed. I want you to take care of me. Oh, absolutely. But I, right, I, I right. feel like that is a level of responsibility that like, like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I do yes. enjoy having conversations about like maternal health with my friends, with people that ask me. I talk about yes. my birth experience and things that I've been through all the time. So I still love that. And maybe that's my calling too. So I'm, I'm listening, God. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and how old's your son? Five. Five. He's so cute. Thank you. What's his name? He's, his name is Cameron. Cameron. I love that name. That's Thank cute. You. Uh huh. So how long have you been in nursing now? I have been a nurse for over 10 years and I'm retiring by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I have been a nurse for 10 years and who has been a journey? Girl, I've been a nurse for 12 years. I'm right there with what? you. It is. You don't even yes. like to be that old. You know, I usually don't give out my age, but we're going to be candid. And that's only because like I'm new into modeling and, and acting. And it's like, I don't want to give out my age because I don't want him to miscast me. But I'm early 30s. I'm 31. So I've been a nurse literally since I was 19 years old. How? 
by the grace of God, listen, I don't know how I made it through nursing wow. school. So you went it's to nursing school at 17? Right out of college. Mm-hmm. Oh. I was 17. I gradu- I guess I graduated early. I mean, I went to school when I first turned five. My birthday's in August. When's so I birthday? was like barely. It's August 5th. So my son is August 26th. And people keep telling me he started wow. the same thing. He started as like barely okay. five. And people keep yes. telling me to leave him back a year to like, so that way he'll feel more like supported. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I'm talking to somebody who actually went through it because people keep telling me to leave yeah. him back and I don't want to leave him back. Mm-mm. That's your choice. If you feel like he needs to be held back, then of course, you know, as a mother, that's absolutely. Um, it's funny that you said that. So when, when I was going into school i was one of the youngest people and my mother she told me this story of course i don't remember it being five but she told me that my kindergarten teacher always told her like he's very immature he you know he's a guy so he's gonna you know mature even slower so she was always persuaded to hold me back but my mom was like and it's funny because my mom's white but she's like the blackest white i know (laughs) (laughs) so she's like no my baby don't need to be held back and f you for saying that like she was not having it she was yeah, not having it and says he's fine. yeah yeah and he probably is yeah i'm you know it i think for my experience i never really thought about it but i think that it it's a special experience and i think that you actually in time it like you you mature into it and then you're i feel like he'll probably be more mature for his age because of it yeah. you know yeah so he'll get there. yeah absolutely he's <laughs> He's he's a bright light. I, I see your videos. Oh, thank so he's you. my little it's baby. amazing. <laughs> so you I think you told me that you have done you're a med search tele nurse and that's the same as me. Mm-hmm. Is that what you've always done in nursing or have you done like other So I technically am a med search tele nurse, but from the very okay. beginning of my career I realized yeah. I liked floating. Um, yeah. so I was, I have only in my whole entire career been on one floor for the accumulated time of two years. My entire okay. career, I have always gotten to a floor and be like, mm, I can't see people every day. I can't do it. <laughs> right. I cannot stand seeing the same people every day. I don't like no business like that. I don't like, yes. so, so basically for people that are listening, uh-huh. I'm a floater. I'm a on-call nurse. So basically that means that I still may have full-time hours, but I come right. in and help the floor for what whoever's missing. Somebody called out, somebody just had a baby. They're short staff, okay. they're short staff. I come in and support. So I walk into work every day not knowing where I'm going. They may send me to the ER, they may send me to uh-huh. the ICU, they may send me to the med surge, the telefloors, but I of course I have patients that are within my scope of practice, but I go anywhere and everywhere on the unit. So with that being said, it's like I'm a jack of all trades because I know a little bit about a lot, but I don't know a lot about one thing. So I can go to an ortho floor and figure it out. I can go to a surgery floor and figure it out. I can go to a GI floor and figure it out, but I'm not necessarily going to be well-versed in one specific procedure. So Uh I just realized early on that I don't like being, like I don't like being involved in drama. I don't like knowing people's business Mm -hmm. because I'm a floater. I can go on any right. floor and be like, oh my God, girl, how's the baby? I ain't seen you since you was pregnant. Oh my God, oh, that's cute. Right. And see you in six months. Like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> the supervisors, they know me, but they don't know me. You know, I like that. Right. So I've always been a floater. That is so funny. We're pretty much the same. Um, I'm more like float pool. So like I do stay in med surge telly, but same thing as you. I don't, I, I love people, but then I don't 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't want to say that I hate people, but like you said, like, I don't want to get, when it gets to that level of, oh, I'm knowing too much and you're getting to the politics of the floor. No, thanks. (laughs) That's my cue. You you know, the good part of people. I love people. I just don't want to know the bad part. Like, I don't want to know. Oh yeah. Like, I don't want to know. Like, for instance, when people tell me gossip, I don't know what they're talking about. So I could be like, girl for real. And it ends right there. I have no idea who they're talking about. I've never met, like, I, I don't, and I probably know the person, but just don't know their face. So it's like, it allows yes. me to glide along people's personalities and figure out what I want to know, but not, you know, and it shakes things up. It's different. It's new everywhere I go. Yes. Most of the time I am in MedSearch Telly, but there's plenty of times where I'm in like yes. the ER for observation or holds. I've gone to mother baby units and held the little babies. I've done I the eye institute. So I've gone to different places and mm-hmm. I just like the fact that I don't have to it's hard to because you're you're nine oh, out yeah. of ten, you are gonna get the hardest assignment. You right. definitely are not mm-hmm. always going not all the time, but sometimes you're not gonna feel supported. And you definitely it is hard walking in not knowing where yeah. you're going from going to and in the beginning yeah. of COVID, I actually asked my supervisor to be planted on the COVID unit because I felt like not knowing whether or not I was going there every day gave me more anxiety than knowing. So I felt like I need to know yes. that I'm going there every day so I can just program my brain rather than like one day I'm going, one thing I'm not. And then I was walking in nervous. I can not do that. Oh, yeah, that's my current. That's my current thing. I I always get anxiety before I start my shift because you don't know. Mm-hmm. And even if I feel like if you did know, if you know the same unit, you don't know what kind of person you're going to get. And that's something that, you know, you understand. We have people that, you know, we nurses definitely have to deal with a lot. And we, I don't know how it is like at your hospital. I've been at a lot of hospitals, but it's like, we're just expected. It, it's hard to make medical and healthcare a business that's very difficult you know because it's it's a mindset of like you want to please your patients you want the customers quote unquote always right but you know you have people that talk to you crazy you deal with crazy stuff and you're kind of just supposed to take that even sometimes we can be attacked you know so yeah and absolutely and i think that that's 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 the part that you know this pandemic has taught people like you know what? I don't think we're supposed to work like this. I don't think we're supposed to be in, in, in the whole world, not just us. Like yes. The, the oh, unemployment yeah. rates right. are, are skyrocketing and the application rates are going down. So, you know, people yeah. people are literally mm-hmm. closing their businesses for days at a time because they don't have any employees. So all around the Absolutely. world, people are realizing their worth and realizing that the way that we work in America is ghetto. You can it's it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. You can have two yes. you can have two real jobs, good jobs, and still not make ends meet in your house, and it's just ridiculous. So with that being said, nurses who have the ability to change our income however we want because we can just get different jobs, we're now realizing like it's not cool. Like the things that we go through, I've been kicked, I've been pushed, I've got kicked in a pregnant, I've been kicked in the stomach while pregnant, Um, I've been body slammed, I've been beat Mm -hmm. on, like we've we've had all these things happen. Oh yeah. Before by men and women, like all of these things happen to us from people yeah. who can't even move, yeah. people that can't move, mm-hmm. people that I can sock real quick yeah. and nobody would know. But we still have absolutely. These, we, there's no protection for us, and for people that are listening, understand that we can't really press charges on them because they they yeah. always are technically under some type of medication that deems them yeah. unstable to make. Yep. decision. So no matter what, mm-hmm. even if I walked in the hospital today, once they give me one medication, I'm considered somewhat unstable to in my situation. I was under distress. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. So there are nurses who have yeah. pressed charges 
but it doesn't matter because you go through a year or two years of court just for the person to be get off anyway. So like I just yeah. worked the other day and this lady walked into the hallway with COVID and screamed in a nurse's face. When the nurse said, do you have COVID? See? She blew in her face and said, yeah. See, she would have got Molly Wap. And mm -hmm. that, whose fault is that? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's assault. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're putting us at risk for that. And we, yeah, that's, that's absolutely, that's, that's absolutely the purpose of this episode is I just wanted to shine a light on what we deal with. You know, the other day, literally just, I worked Friday, Saturday, or excuse me, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I think it was Friday night. I had five patients and, you know, that's a blessing when you have just five, you know, we can have some states I'm in California right now, but there's states that I think California is the only state that has the, you know, the, the law for how many we can take. If we have telly, we can have four. If we don't have telly, we can have five. So at my hospital, we have what are called quads and we have four patients in one little area and you have a nurse's station out there. So I had two different quads, like five people, but mixed in between different quads. Two of my people were completely confused. One of them spoke a foreign language, dementia, constantly getting up to use the bathroom. And it, the, the later it got, you know, she was more weak because she's older, probably sundowning and then I have another patient that is a, a danger to himself and others in restraints, fell the night before. And I have those two people with three other people. One of them's in a mission. They ended up being telly. So I had to give up that patient because I couldn't keep them with five. You know that we just deal with that on the daily. That's a normal day for us. And you know, the crazy part, like you said, is it's, it's, this is why what I don't think that people understand is that first of all, it's very hard to understand a job that you've never, you've never understood the process of healthcare. So it's really hard for anyone to understand what we're saying when we're explaining it because it sounds like a jungle, but it is. <laughs> it is. Like, yeah, I'm not even trying to be absolutely. Funny. Like, it is. There are people walking around naked. There are people yelling at us. There are people mm -hmm. screaming, screaming <laughs> profanity. There are nurses yeah. that are losing their mm -hmm. shit, walking around acting goofy and funny because that's our only way to cope. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like we have, we have so many different things going on at one time. And then you have those patients. Mm -hmm. I had, a, I, I now I'm a travel nurse and the area that I'm in uh -huh. is completely white. And when I say completely white, I've never been in a town more white. I've never put it like this. I've been there for almost six months and I've only had one mm -hmm. black patient the whole time I've been there. It's completely wow. white, very white town. All the work, the whole hospital, all the employees are white. They only have two other black employees and they're both travelers. Yes. That's how I'm just giving an example. Right. So yeah. a lot of yeah. these older white patients, they have never mm -hmm. really been around black people before. Rightfully so. They yep. live in they in a lot of them live on farms and like they don't really whatever. So the patient comes up, blood pressure seventies over forties, and I'm looking at her and I'm like, Hi, I'm Sheena. We're trying to work work her up, get her together. And she looks at me yeah. and she goes, mm, This hospital's really letting themselves go. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so then another patient I had, I had my fro out one day and I said, Hi, I'm Sheena, I'm gonna be your nurse for today. And she goes, Oh, um, you can't be a nurse with your hair like that. You can work like that. That's ridiculous. You shouldn't be able to work and have hair like that. So these are the, these are the things that we, and again, yeah. this is the smallest part of my job because this is honestly, I could deal with yeah. this 10 times rather than deal with some of the other things that I deal with. Yeah. But it's that on top yeah. of that, I think that 
everybody's different. But for me, the biggest barrier in nursing is the toxic work environments. It's a work yes, environment yes. where we don't feel appreciated. We don't feel supported. Mm-hmm. We're getting our some yes. things the hospital can't necessarily always control, like the amount of missions yeah. or the amount of discharges or sometimes being short staffed yeah. is not always within their control. But they can help how yeah. they treat us. They can help us by yes. giving us bonuses. They can help us by keeping their mouth shut instead of saying things like, if you don't like it, you can leave. Those are the moments that I think are just so disrespectful because a lot of the management that we're dealing with that are trying to run these units are people that have not been at the bedside in ages. Most managers, yes. just so people understand, most managers have a fast track to management. They're usually people that had a 4.0 GPA in nursing school. They work on the floor for a year, two years at best. They become educated. Educators, they become uh, managers, they become directors. It is a very quick, quick fast track. There's not many managers that I know that were actually at the bedside for years and years and years. So a lot of these managers have no real, they don't relate to us and they don't really see what we're going through. And it's, it's very, very disheartening when you have, it's so hard. Yeah. I wish that we could have a reality show that was actually real. For people to see how spread thin we Mm -hmm. are, that we are doing the best that we can, flipping and dipping patients, trying to focus and deal with, you can have two emergencies at one time, two colds at one time, people begging you to kill Mm -hmm. them because they're tired of living. It's just so many things emotional. Like, it's just a lot. So, you know, hug a a healthcare worker today. (laughs) Yes, yes. That part, that, that is so true. And I think you summed it up for me. I never really thought about it, but that is... That's my biggest issue is the toxic environment that we are just put into. And we, you know, again, we just have to deal with it because we don't really have protection. You know, you have the people, like you said, attacking you, calling you names. Mm -hmm. I mean, racist comments like that, that are clear as day Mm -hmm. racist. And, you know, you're just, you're, you're a target a lot of times because we are the ones that are there. The the majority, we're the ones at the bedsides. Mm -hmm. We're pretty much responsible for Mm -hmm. everything. You know, it's very heavy. Right. And it's just, like I said, some of it is out of the hospital's hands. But for the parts that are in Mm -hmm. their hands, they still act like, absolutely. "Hmm." you know, and that's why I tell people what you see from me is really who I am. I don't lie. When they come in in the morning and say, how's your night? I say it was a shit show. Anything else? Like, don't because because at the end of the day. Yeah. When we lie to management, we're basically letting, like, not get yeah, the absolutely. opportunity to change it. Now, they're not going to change it anyway. We know that. But the principle is, is that I'm not going to sugarcoat it and make it easy for you to lie in my face either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I that take my part. full break. You know why? Because I think that it's toxic that we yes. rush back to the unit. For what? We have great nursing. We've been largely brainwashed into what a good nurse looks like and because of that it has literally controlled and minimized us for so long because we Mm -hmm. think that if we act a certain way that's what a good nurse is and that is it's controlled us how many nurses do you know that really well cali is different but in these other states it is not normal even if we do have an hour break nobody really leaves the floor and takes an hour break we eat real quick and rush back to the unit we eat yeah absolutely sometimes we don't Mm -hmm. take our breaks we don't take our vacations we don't take our calls we don't do the things that if we call out we nervous for the floor oh my god are they gonna be okay that is not your problem Mm -hmm. 
So it's like yeah, we absolutely. we are intimidated into taking extra patients. Well, I'll take the admission, even though you're not you not you know that you're not okay. You know that you people say it all the time with these nurses now going to jail. They say like, oh well, why didn't the nurse just refuse the patient? That's not how our job works. We're we're yeah, taught from we the don't very get... beginning mm-hmm. to be a martyr and to do whatever it takes yeah. to do what they tell us to do, not for the patient, because it really half the time don't have nothing to mm-hmm. do with the actual patients. It's for the institution. Yeah. We're taught to obey and act a certain way to be considered a good nurse. And I just, I'm so against it. I don't care. I'm taking my break. Leave yeah. me alone. Like I have my moments. Don't get me Absolutely. wrong. I'll be going back because it's a mental health issue at this point. Sometimes I do rush to eat like, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm learning my way out of that. Like I will not be mm-hmm. a slave to that. You're and at my last job. They hated me because I, when I say hated me, <laughs> these <laughs> Yo, they had the video that I just posted talking about Nurses Week. The CEO literally yeah. wrote an email to the staff about, it. like, I mean, hated me. Like, hate. Oh, it wow. was just like, how dare you shine a light on these things? It's you. Y'all, get, y'all, y'all literally gave us a yep. magazine subscription for Nurses Week. It's you. <laughs> it's not me. Why are you mad at me See. telling people what you be doing? Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing. Stand that on part. it. Stand on it. I'm not lying. This is what you're doing. Stand on it. you giving me a rock talking about some nurse's rock and you want me to stand on it. Why are you mad that somebody posted it if that's what you, 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 you did it right? It ain't a lie. Absolutely. I was in a meeting with the C- with Absolutely. A, a meeting with like the whole staff or whatever. And the CNO was there and he was telling us about all the things that he bought. Oh, we just bought a new parking lot. We just bought this. We just bought that. And he's listing all the things they bought for the hospital. Mind you, we hadn't had raises in over a year. We didn't get anything for Nurses Week and we weren't feeling supported. We were extremely short staffed and no bonuses, nothing. They were doing nothing to get people to come in. So I just raised my hand and, you know, black girl head wrap on in an all white institution. And it's Philadelphia yep. people. This is not my travel job. And he goes, I just raised my hand and I said, so um, are we getting raises this year? Face turned bright red. From then on, I knew See? it was a wrap for me. And it's like, why is that offensive? You just told me all the things that you bought that cost you millions of dollars. Why is it offensive? We get our raise only 2%. It's like a dollar. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's not. It don't even really change nothing for real. I'm just asking. Like inflation went up 8% and y'all like so many hospitals went up billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. See. Yep. <laughs> and I know, see, I know that they're mad that you are shining a light to it ever since you went viral because it's like calling out what they're doing. And like you said, but you did it. So why, why don't, don't throw the stone and then try to hide your hands because you did it. Right. And it wasn't, First of all, and you know what? When I first went viral, I was team hospitals. I wasn't necessarily like, again, like, you know, I've always Mm -hmm. been fighting, you know, with nursing and health. But when I went viral, I went viral talking about what we need to do to stay out the hospital. I wasn't really talking about institutions and nursing and what we could do better and all of that. To me, that started because of them because they were poking me. And I was like, why y'all mad at me? And then I was like, oh, well. Y'all being mad at me further proves this toxic behavior that you guys, instead of just coming to me and talking to me and being like, hey, so we saw your Instagram platform. Like, you know, how do you want to do, like, where do you want to take this? Like, they tried to block so many blessings of mine. And it just was like, the craziest part was every blessing that they tried to block. I was just like, they tried to block my Wendy Williams interview. And 
No, they didn't. Yeah, they tried to block my way to Williams' interview. And initially, the interview was supposed to be a group of nurses all standing around saying, how you doing, right? And it was supposed to be right, cute, right. whatever, and that was it. So when I went back to Wendy Williams and basically told her that they weren't willing to do that with their staff, they made up all of these fake rules that they said that I, we weren't. Even when I said, okay, we'll do it off the campus, off your off your your site, nobody has badges on, and they mm-hmm. still said no, which is not yeah. even your business at that point. We off the clock. Oh, absolutely. I, honestly, I just was testing them at that point to see what their real problem was, because obviously it's with me. If that's if you're still mad, so they yeah. banned me from doing her interview at all, even off campus, even just with myself. So when I went back to Wendy Williams and told her that, she was like, oh, "Okay, we'll just do the interview with you then." So before I was going to be masked up, couldn't be able to tell it was me and a group of nurses saying, how you doing? Instead, I had my own segment yeah. on her show. So it's like, you just inflated me. Now look how God yeah. works. Look how God works. They tried to block you, honey. You got your own exactly. interview. And that's see? what I'm saying. Like, you know, these institutions, they try the, the effort that they take, even when you see these nurses striking in different states. Let, so just for people, again, for people who are listening, because I know that nurses, sometimes we talk amongst each other and we forget that people don't understand. Just so that people understand, Mm -hmm. let's just say that there's 20 patients on a unit, right? And there's four nurses and we all have five patients, right? In order for us to have four patients, you only need to add one more nurse. So these these nurses that are striking at these hospitals are striking to get one more nurse. That's all they're asking for. They're not asking for more money. Half of them are not asking for more money. They're not asking. Most of them are asking for safe staffing ratio so that we can properly take care of patients. And when you understand that that literally means one more nurse, that literally means two more nurses, you can understand how dumb it is to say no to them. Let them strike. Pay, pay. What is it? What do they call the nurses that cross the uh, the picket line? Uh, strike nurses. Uh, uh, or yeah. Whatever they um, call them. Yeah, yeah. Strike you're nurses. You're paying mm-hmm. strike nurses mm-hmm. three times what you're paying the nurses that you really work with. Like it just it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it, they pay. They these strikes cost them millions of dollars, and it looks terrible on the hospital. All for them to just mm-hmm. say at this point, it is very obvious that their no has nothing to do with money. It has to do with power because. It is strict. It yeah. is proven times proven times proven factually that there are better patient outcomes, better outcomes for the lives of the patients as far as their survival rate, better outcomes for nurse burnout and better outcomes for nurses staying at your institution with proper ratios and proper uh, resources in place. So to me, it's like this is a power thing because you're wasting more money. Yes. Without the proper staffing, you have more falls. You have more infections. You have all of these things that happen because people don't have the time. I, I, you know, I hate leaving yeah. a patient on a commode, but sometimes I have two on a commode at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I hate forgetting yeah. that I, I have a, a PTT that's due, but the lab took three hours to get the labs back because you don't have any staff down there. Like it's only so, but so much yeah. stuff that people can do. And mm-hmm. these institutions act helpless and like act like we're just being needy. Nah, y'all, they, right. these hospitals have made billions more, not millions, not hundreds of thousands. They have made mm-hmm. billions more from the beginning of COVID than they have made before, but our wages stayed exactly the same. Yeah, there's places that even I don't I've been at places as a travel nurse, even back when I was still a staff nurse, I was actually in Ohio. I've been at places where we are now the phlebotomists. We're drawing the labs and we're not even in the ER or the ICU. And I'm like, that's a whole nother skill set that I've never been taught. 
we weren't taught that in nursing school, but now I'm the phlebotomist and you're, and then you're mad when it's taking me longer to get my labs because you know, some of these people you're not getting, you're not sticking them. You can't even get an IV on them. So at my yeah, hospital, I mean, they don't, at the hospital that I went down mm-hmm. came from before I was a traveler, we would have five to six patients mm-hmm. a night and we had to do, draw mm-hmm. all of their blood ourselves plus them all See? ourselves. So you know, yeah. imagine again, I think if you put it into perspective, you're giving one patient a full bath medications, changing their dressings because most of our patients have some type of, not most, but yes. a, a quite a bit have wounds or something that I yeah. can take care of. You're placing a new mm-hmm. IV in labs every morning on six different people. Six people. And think about how long that takes. And think per about patient. if it's That's, actually yeah. done. Because you don't have enough time. So that means that patients that should be bathed maybe mm-hmm. aren't, or dressings that should be changed maybe aren't. These are things that end up having patients have negative outcomes because there's nurses that are rushing and really trying to get it done. Right. And it's, a, it's a terrible feeling for us too when we know that we're stressed in yeah. and we're trying to make it work. And, you know, it feels terrible. It's a bad feeling and it doesn't. Make- yeah, we take that home with us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And granted, mm-hmm. I've never been in a situation where someone has passed away because of anything that I've done. But I have certainly yeah. been in situations where I knew that if I had more time, there would have been a better outcome for a patient. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, absolutely. again, even when we talk about, for instance, there's quality measures that we have in place as far as like us documenting things every two hours or every four hours or every this or every that. There are quality things that we are supposed to make sure that we do a certain amount of times or we can get written up, whatever. It's like we have that, but the hospitals don't. They don't have these quality things that they are tested upon to make sure as far as us, I'm sure they are as far as the state, but they aren't as far as us, as far as like, why aren't you accountable when we make mistakes, when we are short staffed? Why aren't you accountable when there are things that aren't in place to make, if you, if you write an incident report, cause they tell us when we're short staffed, write an incident report. Cause it's, it's an incident. You're something you're doing is affecting my effect, effectual effectivity. I guess you could say. And yeah. when we write an incident report, then you're blackballed. You're definitely the next one getting written up, sis. Period. You're the next one getting written up. If you write an incident report saying that you needed this and it wasn't available, you're going to get in trouble. They're going to find a way to get you out eventually. That's what they do. When you speak up about things, instead of looking at it as this person is giving me feedback so that this can be a better institution, it's looked at as you're a negative Nancy and you're trying to get people in the bandwagon to hate the unit or hate the hospital. And that's the sad part about it is that we're never going to be able to improve if we are constantly looked at as negative for stating things that we think need to improve. Absolutely. Because we hold people's lives in our hands, you know, it's, it's absolutely And we have crazy. to be taken care of, you know, there's nurses that are working until they're 40 weeks pregnant, because just in case you guys didn't know, we don't get paid maternity leave at all. We don't get paid maternity leave. And barely get, barely exactly. get a maternity we leave. We have to, you work until the end. And the reason is, is because we have to pay ourselves with our own PTO vacation and sick time. So most nurses don't go out at like 36 weeks or 35 weeks like other jobs, because then you have to pay yourself for months before the baby even, or a month before the baby even comes. So most of us work until 40 yeah. weeks. We pay ourselves with our own PTO and vacation, which means that we don't call out when we're pregnant. So days when we don't feel well, we still come to work. Some people have real medical issues from their pregnancy. They need to call out from the day. 
Then mm-hmm. when we go out to go out of mm-hmm. work for maternity leave, we can apply for short-term disability, which takes weeks. So people end up coming back mm-hmm. to work anyway because you know, they just it just didn't kick in in time. So it's like, you know, it's a never-ending cycle of just not it's it's unfortunate because more people are leaving the bed. They keep on piling on. Now y'all trying to put us in jail. I ain't got time for that. That's the last. Let me tell you something. Jail is the last place I'm gonna be, baby. So if I'm gonna get jail time, what? I was the other day. I had a, a nurse that uh, was giving Vanco, and you know, bank, some 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 medications we have to crack and mix them together, and then they go in a bag, right? This nurse gave right. the medication, but she didn't crack it and put the medication in. So so basically, she only gave the patient saline instead of the medication. I had to get a new bag from pharmacy. But in order to get a new bag, I had to put an incident report in to get a new bag. I felt like crap because I'm a rider. I don't incident report nobody. I'm a whisper in your ear yeah. when I see you. Mm-hmm. But for this patient, I had to get this antibiotic in because they were septic. So... It sucks that I even thought about the fact that, like, damn, I don't want to get this nurse in trouble. I had to think about, like, do I want to choose the nurse or do I want to choose the patient? Because I didn't want to get in trouble. That should not be something that people get in trouble for. It's normal. Things happen. You're rushing, like, whatever. On top of that, I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. and this is how, this is how, this is why it's messed up that nurses are going to jail. Because I'm thinking in my head, like, damn, if I don't give her this antibiotic and she gets more septic, and let's just say one day down the line something happens and she dies, would this nurse be accountable for her death because she missed the antibiotic? I know that sounds dramatic, but that's really what are, what's happening in these cases. These nurses are not necessarily the cause of anybody's death. They're literally just fishing in their charting and finding reasons to, to put people in jail. So it's like, that's the trouble with making anything that we do in that arena something that can give you jail time. It puts people in a predicament to 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 make mistakes or to report mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the jail things. <sighs> that part that that's the part that does me because nobody understands what all. Like you said, people will say, "Why didn't you just refuse the patient?" We really can't <laughs> do that. And, and it's, it's, yeah, and it's such a, there's such a process for you to even refuse an assignment. It's it's just not even worth it. Yeah, it's called, it's called It's just abandonment. too many resources. It's called abandonment. You literally can get in trouble for it. It's not, mm-hmm. we literally can't refuse yeah. a patient. So it's like, if you refuse a patient, you're basically quitting. And then they can report you to the state board, board of nursing. So people people always have solutions and i understand i want to i want to solve the problem too but that solution doesn't solve anything mm-hmm. truthfully because you're like oh well what if everybody walked out everybody's not going to walk out period so it's just not a solution i, w- I wish it was but everybody's not going to walk out and the, the solution is what we're seeing nurses Absolutely. leaving the bedside so drastically but for some reason healthcare is just mm-hmm stuck on stupid that they really don't see my i can tell you right now my last institution is one of the most prestigious institutions in pennsylvania and they do not see any wrong in any of their ways when it is so blaringly obvious so it's like it's really a industry that has rode on the fact that like you're a good nurse aren't you well then do this you know it's 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 really riding on that a lot of these institutions have and i'm sure you've seen it because you've been in multiple hospitals the prestigious ones be the worst ones 
the worst ones, the ghettoist, most trifling, most toxic, most uh, degrading, the most lacking of resources. They just because their procedures don't mean anything. It don't mean nothing as far as your care. As all that it means is that they have a lot more money to build buildings to get the best research doctors. Research doctors half the time are not going to be the ones that are taking care of you. <laughs> and they have the, enough money to yeah. do their advertising on a larger scale. But it does not change mm-hmm. your doctor. Like your, your personal doc, like those research doctors that come up with like cures to cancer, they're not your doctor. Like most of the time. Yeah. So like those prestigious hospitals mm-hmm. don't necessarily make it any better. Listen, y'all, we could talk about this all yeah, day. It's a- I want to switch. I want okay. to switch gears to your TV show. I want to hear about PBS Vitals. It comes mm-hmm. on PBS. For anybody out there that loves a good educational series and you want to learn about more what we do in healthcare, tell us about that. So Sheena. this like kind of came upon me, and it was really like scary and uh-huh. like oh my god. But um, I did a documentary in the beginning of COVID uh, discussing like uh, healthcare workers and. Uh, the essential workers from COVID and the producer was the producer to the Dr. Fauci film, Janet Tobias. And she saw me and she saw something in me that I guess I never knew was in there. And she asked me to do the show. But when she asked me to do the show, she she made it seem like it was like a group of people and I wouldn't be the center of attention. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. And then she came back and was like, actually it's only you and one other person. I was like, Oh, So I was like super, super, super nervous. So our show is called PBS Vitals. And it's basically a show where we talk about like health myths and like those things about health that we think we know about, but like don't really know all the way about like things like CBD or transgender health or psychedelic medicine or, you know, those topics of like which diets really actually work, those type of questions. And it's really cool because we get to see the research behind it, the facts, the evidence, and talk about some of like the trials and studies that have been done. But we also get to talk from like a nurse and a doctor perspective, but also to regular people, with children and lives and how we feel about it too. So it's really interesting. And I hope that more people really get into it because I've learned so much just by being the host of it. So I can't imagine what's out there for people who are really interested in it. Because who really knows what CBD is? Right. I don't know. I'm yeah, going like, to check out the episode because I don't know. I n- I've heard yeah, of it. Like they, but... are, mm-hmm. One of our most recent episodes that's up right now is um, a blood test that can detect depression. I wow. never knew about that because we have so many tests for other things. No. Why not have one for mental health, yeah. a mental health marker. So it's been really dope to like do the show yes. and really educate myself on some things, learn some things. And we meet really interesting people for our interviews and things like that. So I love it. So it's PBS Vitals guy on guys on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and our show is found on the PBS Vitals YouTube channel. Love it. The last question that I have for you that I personally want to know, this is this is me though, this is there a little bit for me. Tell me about your nurse retreats because I definitely am trying to go to Okay, so I actually our the, the one that's coming is actually on Thursday, so I'm so excited. But yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm okay. Doing another one, though, so don't worry. But basically, during okay. COVID, the only thing I could think of was a vacation. Like the whole time, I was like, get the fuck out yeah. of here right now. <laughs> Put me on a goddamn plane. All I could think of was vacation, okay. vacation, vacation, vacation. I was tired of feeding myself. I was tired of adulting. I just wanted to 
go somewhere where I could just yes. hang out and order at the beach. So, um, yes. the first thing I thought of was like, okay, I know that healthcare workers really need this and they really need that time to just like vibe and like, you know, also I know that during COVID I couldn't talk to other people about what I was going through because it terrified them. So I felt like the only yeah. person I really could talk to was other nurse friends because my parents and my family were just really worried about me. So to me, I wanted to be around people that understood in a different way. So that's what it became. It became this retreat where like, okay, I want everybody to get together. We're doing all inclusive. So you could just sit by the beach and do you. We're going to vent. We're going to laugh. We're going to dance. We're going to turn up. We're going to drink. We're going to have a good time. We're going to relax. We went to the spa. So just like a really dope vibe where I met so many different healthcare workers. It's not just nurses. There's, um, we had uh, lactation consultants. We had social work. We had, you know, people that work in the healthcare setting, but in all different roles. And I would say that I love it. So I mm-hmm. hope you can come because we had a guy on the last one, but we want more men. We want more of just all different types of people. I want to see more CNAs there. Like I want to see more different types of specialties there because we act like they don't. You know, when we talk about healthcare, we talk about nurse, doctor, that's it. But there's respiratory, respiratory therapy. I couldn't do my job without a respiratory therapist. Yes. <laughs> you know, so we don't even talk about those things. So I really want different types of specialties to come. So I'm really excited. So thanks for asking. Absolutely. And I love that you said that. That Shout out to CNAs. They are so important. They are so underutilized, underpaid. We They make mm-hmm. our job so much easier. Honey, when you have a good CNA, your night is set. Yeah. Your day is set, excuse me, because your day shift. I'm, I'm a night shifter, shift but yes. I was night shifter for 10 years. This is my first day shift job, so I get it. <laughs> listen, I, I need to see the light because it's so, okay. yeah, definitely. And and then and respiratory therapists, there's stuff that, you know, they do every day that I don't have a clue. I don't know how to set up a breathing treatment. I've seen them do it, but, you know. Think about that too, you know, just right. so many different things that we even, see and experience. experience. Like, you know, you, they, you, you take yeah. it lightly. Oh, yes. Like, they control They're so when important. we can get admission. They control yes. how fast we can get somebody yes. in the ICU because they have to clean the room. So patients, a, a huge part of their satisfaction scores is their room being clean. You know what I mean? Even security. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. really important. I've worked good security yes I worked with they're important security. and it's really really important to know that when mm-hmm. my six five you know patient who was withdrawing decides he yeah. wants to come to today and stands up and cleans me in a corner that i'm gonna have security that's like hold up so you know it's really 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 important and just invaluable all the pieces of the puzzle of the hospital so i yes. just feel like having everybody come yes. together and just share energy i hate when you talk to a cna and they're like oh i'm just a cna you're just a what don't put just Mm-mm. in front of everything. Because when I talk to doctors, I say I'm just a nothing. I'm right. a and and so you know, put some respect right. in the name. Y'all are right. all important and we all have different roles in the hospital and we all save lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. They deserve they they barely get paid minimum wage to to do all that they do. Yeah, I would crazy. I, I, I just can say this. You don't respect the CNA until that person is the person that is taking care of you primarily, you know. They save our butts and they yeah. really, really mm-hmm. do things for the patients that we don't always have time to do. So shout out to the CNAs out there because we support yes. you. And I'm always for them making Absolutely. way more money, even if it changes 
what I made. I think that they yes. deserve it. And they, their job is just yeah. exponentially. You, first of all, people out there know that there are travel CNAs. I've met quite a few. So if you're looking for something different in your mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. don't forget that there's travel CNAs, there's travel respiratory therapists, there's literally travel in every type of job. Yeah. So look for it before you get complacent in a situation that you hate. Think about it and, you know, go mm-hmm. go somewhere else. I, at this point in my life, I'm not staying anywhere that doesn't serve me. So if you are unhappy in your situation, <laughs> think tank comes on and, you know, figure it, figure it out. But don't be unhappy. Life is too short. Yes. Travel, travel nursing Absolutely. saved my mental health. That, Absolutely. And, I, and you know what? I didn't believe folks until I did it myself. And then I said, you know what? I should have been did this. Been did this. There's no mm-hmm. way in hell that I've been doing this this long and having this. I should have been did this. The freedom, the flexibility. Y'all think it's about the money? It's really not. I can tell y'all hands down. The mm-hmm. money is great. I'm not saying that it's not, but it is honestly the flexibility of knowing that if a place doesn't serve me, I can skedaddle. It's the comfortability of knowing that I can take two weeks between each assignment and go on a vacation. It's the comfortability of knowing that when I call mm-hmm. out, there's no penalty. Calling out is between me and myself and my coins, but it's, there's no penalty for calling out. That is what is saving me. It's making me feel like I am a person and not a pawn. Working three days a week, working three nights a week, especially, you feel like you're drunk all the time. You feel hungover all Mm -hmm. the time. You're never sleeping correctly. Mm -hmm. If you work your shifts in a cluster three in a row, you're tired for the next three days. So Mm -hmm. you don't get nothing done. If you work your shift yeah. separately, like Monday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday and Thursday, you're a zombie anyway. So you still don't feel like normal. There's really no way to feel normal doing the job that we do. So it's like knowing travel, you can work your shifts and then be off for a few weeks or dictate your off time. My girlfriend works no weekends, no holidays as a staff nurse. She's put that in her contract. You can figure it out. <laughs> so many ways better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sheena, I want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's been so wonderful talking to you guys. Please follow her on Instagram at Keeping It Kinky, K-I-N-K-Y. She also has a business Instagram that I didn't ask about, Kinks and Conversation. Conversation is spelled with a K. <laughs> Check those platforms out. She's got a link tree. She's got so many different things. Um, her show, PBS Vitals. Check her out. She's phenomenal. I cannot wait to go to a retreat. And remember that you don't have to be a healthcare worker to go on this retreat. You do not. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to also tell you that your voice. Thank you. Sorry, my dog. So I just want to also tell you that your voice oh, is good. so soothing and I'm so proud of you. I can see you just going so far and I really do appreciate you having me. I know that you probably think like, oh, she's this, she's that. But I am so honored to always be welcomed into someone's space. So I really appreciate you having me. Oh, you don't make me tear up. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Guys, check her out. I will have everything posted when this episode comes out. Right. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Thank you.